Welcome to Deadly Discussions, a podcast about social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Isaac Harrison. Uh, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional landowners on land we're recording, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. All right, Bo, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. That rhymes, didn't mean to do that on purpose. <laughs> um, so, Bo, we'll start off with your story, where you, where you grew up. You're an Indigenous man, so we'd love to know where, where your mob are from um, and, and how you ended up where you are today, essentially. So if you want to kick off with your story and a, and a bit about the company you work for, that'd be awesome. Yeah, sure. So obviously, thanks, Isaac, for having me. And yeah, my name's Bo Munn. I'm a young Indigenous fella from Catherine Northern Territory. So uh, my mob from up that way is the Dargman mob. And also, yeah. I'm from the Wave Hill area as well, so part of the Gringy mob. So yeah, yeah wow. I've um, I've been in the corporate world now for around about six years. Um, I, I started off as a pretty junior role. Um, yeah. I started with Westpac uh, as a teller. Um, yeah, wow. Back in uh, country Hamilton, Victoria. That's, wow. Uh, yeah, that's Hamilton, Victoria. Now, for a, for a Queenslander, um, yep. where is Hamilton, Victoria? So Hamilton is southwest Victoria, towards it's about an hour north of, of northeast of Warrnambool. Okay, um, yeah. So it's a bit in there. It's a real farming sort of town. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty much built on agriculture. Okay, uh, yeah. Wow. Wow, and is it a little bit warmer than actual Melbourne, or no, no, it's, it's the way, same. way colder. Oh, it's colder. <laughs> wow, it doesn't sound like yeah. a place I will um, go to, but I probably will because I get calls from all Indigenous groups over Victoria, SA, and New South Wales to come yeah. pay them a visit and look at some renewable energy stuff. And more, mm-hmm. more, more than the case, I'm usually out in the middle of nowhere, down a, a dirt track with no phone reception. And, um, yeah, uncle's like, you know, the car doesn't start working again. And, yeah, very interesting. Love it. Love oh, it. That's gold. Um, so you're from country, Vic. So you moved to – so you're at Westpac. Um, did you go through, like, uh, an Indigenous program or did you go from mainstream? How did you end up uh, working at the time? Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've always moved around just before that. Like, I've, I've lived with Dad. Uh, so he was in the mining industry. Yep. Um, so um, my mum and Dad, obviously – got divorced and I yep. moved around with him, mum and all that still up in Catherine. But yeah, so we ended up settling in Hamilton and Victoria because there was a mine site there called Aluka. Yep. Um, and, and that's where I started, went to school, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, and I started, it wasn't an Aboriginal program. I just saw yep. this advertisement. I finished school and I was working on a farm. And yeah. um, I was like, I cannot do this for the rest of my life. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so, I was reading the newspaper at Smoker and I saw there was a job advertised for really? 20 hours a week as yep. a teller. Yep. So I was like, look, I need to do something, something yep. different from farming. And yeah, went for it, got it, yep. which was really, really cool. And um, I, was only, I was in there for about oh, about 12 months and yep. there was a fella within Westpac um, who you know helped with a lot of the recruitment for uh, Indigenous people and, and really ha- pushed that throughout Westpac. And yep. I just sent him a random email one day and he, he's just like, yeah, brother, love to talk to you. Yeah. And then bang, he, he ended up scoring me a job in Melbourne with um, with BT, which is the wealth arm of Westpac. Yeah. Um, so it's a pretty big jump. And, That's amazing. Yeah, especially moving to a, a major city. Like, you know, Darwin yeah. is probably the biggest city I've ever been to. Yeah, <laughs> so, we'll, we'll call it a um, town, but yeah, no, 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 just joking. Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> 
Um, yeah, and yeah, moved here, and, and I started as a para planner, which was more on the compliance side of the bank. So okay. you know, reviewing a lot of financial planners' documents and ensuring that you know they're compliant, and and you know, the advice piece is you know, compliant, obviously. So yeah, that was really cool. And then I I don't know, I did, the whole entrepreneur sort of drive come out in me, and you know, I've had the taste of the corporate space, and I was like, look, yeah. I'm young, I can, Why not? I can take a risk here, and I jumped out and started my own um, insurance company. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> amazing. I'll, I'm going to take it back to the farm. You know, this this stuff really, this, yeah, really motivates. This is my passion right here. So you're out on the farm. You're a black father, mum and dad, a divorce. It's mining. So um, were you thinking, you know, mines aren't for me? Like, I don't want, I've seen that lifestyle. I'm not going to do it. Is that sort of how you ended up at the farm or... Well, yeah, definitely. Like, cause when, you, when you're young, you're always moving around. Like, I've lived all through Northern Territory through Dad moving around in the mine, mining sites and yeah. stuff. And I just saw that. And even Dad said to me, like, it, it's not an industry you want to be a part of. And, like, credit to him. He's a really hard worker and yeah, you know, a hustler. Yeah, and that's yeah. where I get my drive from, of course. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it's definitely something that he said it's – for a family man and that's what you're going to be but it's, it's not for you and yeah, of I wouldn't course. put that upon anyone yeah um, but yeah and but originally I was uh, after when I was in year 12 and that I was going to the army believe it or not yeah <laughs> wow yeah yep. so they, you, they, you they applied my, what's that sorry you applied for the army or that was I just did I did yep. I um, went and sat the aptitude test passed it uh, got some pretty really good high um um, scores there and I could yep. pretty much do anything within the, within the military and I applied as, um, to go to uh, the infantry yep. <laughs> because uh, my pop was in the RAF and my other pop was in the SAS so yeah, yep. I was like look I want to follow the family footsteps and anyways I, I went through the process and it got to a, I don't know they ended up pulling out my medical records again and, and reviewing yep. it and, and because I've had hip surgery they were just like nah you're yeah, class wow. fourth. Yeah, you don't yeah. even bother. Yeah. So I was shattered. So that's what ended up for me. You know, I needed to find something after school and I yep. just joined, jumped on the farm and yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing, mate. Um, so you, uh, it sounds like you had a few early knockbacks in life. Yeah. Pretty, yeah, pretty early. And so you're out on a farm, you see an ad at a bank. And so what made you go, you know what, um, it was just a case of I'm, I need to get out of here, I need to go forward somehow, I'll take anything, and you went for that, the ad in the uh, newspaper, or what was sort of the logic behind that? Uh, more, you know, if, if my family owned that farm, maybe it's a different story, but yeah. like in terms of that, if you're just you're working for a farm and you don't see it as a, you know, obviously a long-term thing, it's, it's not really motivating, you know, yeah. no one's yeah. saying, so... I just thought, look, I need to do something that's going to you know, help drive myself and help grow me and also, you know, get, do something that's going to benefit me long-term in terms yeah. of, you know, a new experience. Me up. New experience. Yeah. And so the farm, that's um, through your Indigenous side as well? No, or is that no. Or your so um, I, Anglo side? It's pretty shattering because I did lose a lot of touch with that space. Um, yeah. And then moving away from Catherine when I was like seven or eight and... Yeah. And... Um, you know, because all the family rigmarole you go through with yep. courts and stuff, you know, I was only allowed to go up there every school holidays. Yeah. So who was so, still up there? Know, D- Dad was still up there? 
No, it's her mum, yeah. um, my sister, um, my little brother, my nan, all, all the family. You know, coming from an Aboriginal family, they're just crazy. You've got yeah. cousins and uncles and sisters, yeah, everything, right. everywhere. whole community, yeah, living in your house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, I, I lost a lot of touch with that uh, moving away, yeah. uh, which was quite sad. But, um, you know, it, it was tough because, like, growing up in that sort of area in where it's sort of really white you know, community, yeah. um, you, you sort of lose your grip. Yeah, bit. yeah, of course. Um, well, it's only it's only natural when you you're taking out a strong cultural, you know, culture and family and community. It's just a matter of time yeah. until you you know you you forget or it fades away. You know, use it or lose it sort of mentality. And especially being young, like because because you adapt to wherever you are, like and you, you know, obviously you're around. You're not yep. around your culture anymore. You you sort of you do lose touch with it and. You know, for me, it's something that I, when I got a little bit older, I was 16, 17, you know, yeah. I, I really started to embrace it and just, you know, even my dad being a white fellow was always like, Bo, you know, you have got the most incredible background with your family. Like, yeah. um, you, you've just got to absolutely embrace it. And yeah. It's something I didn't do. And I was just like, you know what, this is amazing. Um, because you mature a lot more and you get to understand what your family's been through in the past. Yeah, um, and the barriers of you know growing up in you know a, a community sort of thing. So yep. no, yeah, that's you know your dad sounds like a real legend. Um, yeah, he's... my my father, you know, white Australian as well. He also was very adamant that we always were in culture. Um, and when mum would go out to the missions to do work, um, we would always be with her. So we yeah. never forgot that we could have grown up in a mission if it weren't for the decisions that my mother and grandmother made that ended us up in a different location. Um, And what's really inspiring, Bo, and I don't know if you know it, but there is a wave of people that I meet who are Indigenous but um, are trying to connect back to where their people are from and um, connect back to culture. What would your advice be for someone, you know, saying 18, 19, or even if they're in their 50s, 60s, and they've found out recently that they're Indigenous, that they come from a tribe, what would your advice be on, you know, getting back to country? Uh, well, it depends though. If they, if they know where they actually come from, and you know they can they can get in touch with the elders of that community and, and really you know get to learn a lot more about it and, and understand because Aboriginal culture is it's such a beautiful thing and it's everything's so spiritual and so you know family focused and you know to get back in touch with that yeah you know, you're missing out on a big chunk of your life and yeah like just absolutely go for it try find out where your mob's from and embrace yep. it. And, yeah. That's awesome, mate. So let's go to, to fast forward. So you're at yep. um, the wealth arm of Westpac? Yep. Yep. And now we go into Origin, your company that you're, was it a co-founder or shareholder? No, unfortunately, I wasn't a co-founder. I'm a shareholder. In you're a shareholder. Now. Yep. Yep. So yep. How, how did you um, get um, brought into this uh, into this Indigenous business? Yeah, so I was running, like I said, my own insurance business uh, under an international brand, yep. um, Marsh. And uh, yeah, I saw the guys walk around one day, like, and I saw David, uh, and obviously in corporate Australia, in Melbourne especially, you don't really see many other black fellows. So yeah. I just went over to him and had a chat, and yeah. he was like, oh, you know, this is our business, rah, rah, rah. Yep. And I was like, that is so cool. Just the what they're trying to achieve through, well, what we're trying to achieve through this business now and, and a lot of other blackfellow businesses, I I wasn't exposed to that. And I was just like, this is amazing. There's yep. a, 
there's obviously a commercial aspect, but there's also a massive social aspect, which, yeah. you know, I was just like, I have to get involved in this. So I reached out to David, didn't get back to me for like three months. So yeah. I just shattered it. <laughs> um, yeah, and then bang, had a coffee with him. And yep. yeah, I just tagged along for a bit. Um, trying to do my little thing for them and, and after a period of time they're just like look bro I can see we, you're adding a lot of value and you know, you're a young Aboriginal fella and this is what we're trying to achieve um, yep. within the business and would love you to come on as a shareholder and, and be a director and I was just yeah. like wow this is amazing so, that's yeah. awesome that is fantastic let's touch on um, you said about the, the commercial element for an Indigenous business, and then also the yeah. social and what makes up that social. You know, for us, it's how much we spend with Indigenous suppliers. It also means Indigenous contractors that we bring on site. It also means uh, contractors that we sit under when going for government projects or state projects. So would you like to touch base? So being insurance, obviously there's business to business or business to government, but what about, yeah. um, you know, communities out at, I'm going to pick middle of nowhere, um, I Ten in Creek, you know, they've got a, a cultural yeah, yeah. centre and they want to insure that. But, you know, they don't even know really, you know, my mob, I never knew what insurance was until, you know, I graduated in high school and dad said, oh, do you want to take over the insurance on the car? And I was like, what's that, dad? So um, do you want to explain, you know, how, you know, the education aspect of your business and that, and that social front with Indigenous people and insurance? Yeah, sure. So, like, insurance, it's, we, we always say it, it's not, it's it's such a it's not a sexy subject <laughs> by yeah. any means, and it's it's something that a lot of people do not really understand, um, and that and that's a very broad um, thing as well in terms of you know your, there's life insurances, there's income protection, there's your your company's insurances from your liability, and then there's workers' yep. and stuff, and there's so many different plates spinning around that you, you don't know what's going on, and and, and then education wise, it's you know. People just think, oh yeah, I've got a contract. I need just public liability on this, or you know, they don't yep. actually know how to assess their business and everything they've got, and make sure that they're you know absolutely covering for every aspect in case something were to happen. Because if it did, and touch wood, if it never did to any of those businesses, but you know, it can really jeopardise it. And, and then what do you do next? So yeah, that, that yep. I guess it's a very broad, broad subject, and yeah. And, you know, recently I saw a glimpse of it, but there was a Royal Commission um, yeah. into some of the dodgy practices up in Territory WA uh, where communities, yeah. Indigenous communities, were targeted for, um, I think it's funeral schemes um, yeah, and some funeral, sort of insurance. insurance yeah. yeah, so, you know, what what does that say to you when it comes to, you know, blackfellas starting to look at insurances and understanding those things. And then we've got, you know, sorry business, you know, our funerals, uh, a lot of communities take over a week, you know, and the whole community yeah. shuts down. You know, what sort of, why, how would you approach that and, and get rid of um, future issues happening in those communities where people have come in and seen Indigenous people as an easy target? Yeah, it, it does suck. And it's pretty sad to see actually because, you know, it's unfortunate. That's why insurance has got such a dark cloud over over it as an yeah. industry. And you know, there's that people out there exploiting it in terms of you know, um, just just flogging products to people who don't need the, that that type of insurance. Yeah. And for that, for instance, you know, ringing up a Blackfellas community and a few people and and just you know saying, look, you need this. What's your credit card number? It's yep. disgusting. And I, I hate hearing that stuff. And I'm glad it's been brought out to the public um, yep. to see. Um, but you know, things. 
there's definitely a way around it and there's definitely, yeah. you know, some products you can develop and work with insurers to be able to say, hey, look, you know, our mob are living in third world country like situations. Yeah. And then, you know, there's a lot of, when it comes to passing away and on country and stuff, you know, it does, it's not cheap. Yeah. Um, and, and especially all the flying with the, the coroners, all that sort of stuff. Like, you know, there's, there's things you can do to work with the, with the, with the uh, industry to be able to create meaningful products that aren't going to cost a bomb, but they're yep. very, you know, very obvious and very, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is that, you know, education is a really important piece as well. So it's, it's yep. developing a product, but also going in there and, you know, teaching them about it. And, and, you know, this is what could happen and this is what a beneficiary is. And, you know, this is what this could, this money could help towards. And, and even yep. things in terms of like superannuation and stuff like that, like, you know, it's, it's, there's so many things within that in terms of you pass away, the life insurance and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, it's a very broad, broad... Yeah, no, no, it's, so it's, much going it's on. good to hear because, um, you know, it comes back to the whole reason the podcast is the importance of social entrepreneurship, importance yeah. of entities now being created to fill a gap. That's been a great area, I think, for a lot of the larger companies. Um, and it's too risky for the smaller entities to take on and we're finding as our company grows and we've got requests for um you know design installation uh, in very remote communities that are pretty high risk but no one else will touch it so and we feel like you know what you know like this is why we exist to do that so then we go out and find uh, finances, we find people like yourself for insurance um, that can help us deliver in a very cost-effective manner. Still, it's still not going to be cheap, you know. It's not going to be the most expensive, but we give you know our customers, or which are mainly Indigenous people, um, an opportunity to you know bring the standard of living up. And I think yeah. social entrepreneurship and entrepreneurs are going to fill that gap. And before long, people will look over their shoulder and see a whole industry built on these principles you know sort of you know giving it a fair go going that extra step for you for your neighbor going putting yourself out there you know and oftentimes you know sometimes i'm driving home and i've got uncle calling me from new south wales and he's on the phone for 45 minutes but out of that two minutes or that conversation he'll say the information i'll need (laughs) because i'm asking questions (laughs) and talking he's he's not giving it and it's it's a lot of storytelling and 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 sharing you know family and culture and then about two minutes of that he gives me the information that i need and so i'm like thanks uncle have a good day which is great because when you're sitting in traffic on the way home it passes the time really fast yeah, so. time. thanks uncle <laughs> no. um so yeah that's pretty pretty great mate to hear that i just can't get over that you know you're on the farm yeah then you're at westpac you send someone an email next minute you're in um corporate melbourne and yeah you're going well yeah it's going it's going really well you know and, and like i said I, I just love that whole commercial and social aspect and you know and, and what every business like ours is trying to achieve um yeah you know, through creating genuine capability and employment opportunities and, and all that sort of stuff. So, and, and, and like for, for us, insurance is not something where, you know, you, you grow up and you're just like, look, oh, I want to be an insurance broker so bad. Like, yeah. it's, it's something you just fall into. And, yeah. and for me as well, like it's something I really want to promote as an industry. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, up in Catherine, wherever you are in yeah. remote communities, a lot, a lot of these kids look up to your sporting stars and, which yep. is great, which is awesome. I love it. I did as well. Yeah. Um, but there's no real role models in corporate Australia where these 
you know, younger generation can look up to and say, look, I yes. want to be like Isaac or I want to be like Bo or whoever. Yeah. You know, it's, and that's where we, for us and, and like what you're trying to, what you're saying about this whole social entrepreneurship, it's creating those role models and genuine capability. And, you know, I think there's going to be a, it's changing already and there's a big push yep. for it. And it, I'm, I'm so excited to be in this space and especially going to all these supply nation events and stuff. Yep. You just see all these backfellow businesses and we're just like, wow. Like, yeah, I know. And, and you can probably testify as how much business I'm actually, we get from each other. Which, um, yeah. you know, where our base is in, in Elstonwick is a very Jewish area. And I played for the soccer club a couple of seasons there. And the way that they do business with each other and promote each other, build each other's capability, it's unreal. You know, it's unreal. Yeah. I grew up, you know, in a country town where the person, a business, will have one competitor or no competitors. And they're like, would hang it on that other person and be like, oh, you don't go to those blokes down the road. But being in this um, Jewish community, it's like, you know, they're always encouraging each other. If they don't have the capability, they'll, they'll bring, put enough on the table to bring someone else in. And I, and I saw that and I was like, you know what? I think indigenous business, this would be the way to go, you know, um, working off each other. And I'm on the Small Business Ministerial Council and one of the conversations I had with someone was about the data behind people who use insurance brokers and talk to their yeah. accountant once a week, you know, talk to their broker once every month. And I think that's the habit we need to have, like not be afraid to pick up the phone and talk to your insurance broker or your accountant um, and not just yeah. call them at the end of financial year, <laughs> like a lot yeah, of people yeah. doing. It's like creating a rhythm of um, everyone, you know, the business community. Is, is, it's such a day and age we live where everything is transparent and everyone's connected. So yeah, if you're exactly. unethical, like you're going to be found out pretty quick and you can't really yeah. hide. So that's why well, I love being 100%. transparent and work with other indigenous business. But how much, how, many, how much of your business do you reckon you would work with other indigenous businesses? In terms of like clients? Or... Oh, no, just say a percentage. Yeah, in terms of clients, yeah. Oh, look, look, we really try to focus on the corporate world as as, well, as much as anything because, yep. you know, that that's where, you know, this whole uh, bubble and perception changes and, uh, yeah. we, and even if we don't pick up a bit of business from, you know, those corporate in, um, companies, it's, yep. we plant a seed within them. Yep. And, and a lot of those ones we've actually been to have actually gone out there and developed a wrap and they're actually yeah. genuinely committed to it. And, yeah. you know, for us, it's, yeah, look, we want to we wanna make money and be able to support more Aboriginal kids and, through employment stuff but it's like hey we've just walked in here come out and we've just absolutely planted this seed that these guys are going to run with it. it's yeah. so cool to see um, yep. but in terms of Aboriginal business and stuff but we, we definitely 100% try to help them out because yeah, that's what it's all about that whole shared value concept and you know I'll help you brother and you help me sort of thing and, and if I've got a connection somewhere that I can fit you in with I'll, I'll do it you know what I mean it's yeah and that's what I love about it yep. especially Aboriginal businesses it's yeah, I'll, I'll help you, brother, and you know, yep. down the track you might be able to help me. And yeah, and, and I love how you're spearheading it. that with um, some of those corporates. You know, being professional services insurance is a serious thing in many ways. Yeah. And you're saying, hey, we're blackfellas, and we're dealing with this stuff, and um, you can trust us. We have the capability. We've got the track record. I think that's what really excites me. It breaks away, like you said, away from arts and craft and athletes and catering yep. and it goes into these sectors where like you, you'd be the only guys doing it right one of the few only guys 
doing in, in yeah, indigenous business doing insurance so. yeah yeah so and like for us what we're doing on our scale as well we're, we're the only indigenous business doing this scale of renewable energy projects so yeah. um and but it won't always be that way there's going to be other indigenous businesses skilled people good operators that'll come into the space and that's going to be even greater because we're going to lift our mob up altogether and encourage yeah. that level of you know that work ethic so nearly finished Bo but one thing I want to ask is um, where where is Origin in the 5 to 10 year mark what's going on is it going to be on ASX you know can I get some shares or <laughs> look I hope so but when, when you get to that sort of level it's, it's you know you, you're worried more about the profit side, side of things and you know your shareholders dividends yeah. for us it's you know we, we really want to remain private and, and, and be able to employ more Aboriginal kids. Um, yep. And like I said, just promote this industry yeah. um, as much as I can because it's really cool. I love it. I've been able to travel around Australia and meet yeah. amazing people like yourselves and corporate yep. guys. And, you know, that that's what I want to see. And for yep. us, look, it's it's that whole shared value concept and, like, you know, like, hundred, well, like I said to you before when we've had our chats over coffee, it's, you know, Aboriginal businesses are 100% more likely to employ Aboriginal people. And, yep. and that's where we just want to push that so hard and even yep. push it towards other Aboriginal businesses as well, which are doing it as well, which is awesome. Yeah, that's right. 100% agree. And like you said, yeah, we do in our line of work, in our sector, we do get to travel this great nation quite a lot yeah. and talk to different uh, people all over, yeah, different clans, different languages. So thanks so much for coming on, uh, Bo. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely be getting you uh, in the future to um, get some updates on how everything's tracking and maybe a few new stories. Um, yeah, and I really good. appreciate it. Uh, thanks, brother. Cheers. Appreciate it. All the best, and I'll talk to you very soon. No worries. Thanks, bro. Talk to you soon, mate. Thanks, mate. Bye. Thanks. Bye.